So, the other day I um, got a piece of writing uh, from someone who's close to me and um, they're going through a really hard time and sometimes the only thing we can do for people when they're going through a hard time is just be present. Um, and sometimes that can be hard uh, especially for this particular person um, just being around other people is difficult even though her life depends on it so I just wanted to read her story here um, it takes a lot of courage to write something like this especially when you're when you are at the point you're at so I want to commend her um, she's very brave um, here we go the time has finally come. Time for me to tell my story. I've never wanted anything to be about me, but I suppose it's a story that must be told. Perhaps my story might help someone just like me, but it's never been about me. It's about what I've done. I've literally reclaimed my life. Let's start at the beginning, shall we? My mother and grandmother were both frugal women, very much alike, but in so many, uh, but so different. Let me start that one over. My mother and grandmother were both frugal women, <clears throat> very much alike, but so different in so many ways. My mother was a gypsy, as my grandmother would say. She was artistic and eccentric, very thrifty, and quick to grab a great find on a neighborhood tree lawn. <clears throat> it's something that embarrassed me as a kid. But I now hold on to as a fond childhood memory. I think this could be where my love of collecting began. My mother also introduced me to eclectic art and culture as a child. We'd frequent coffee shops, art galleries, street festivals, etc. Her friends were all artists. Our home was filled with so many unique things, each having its own story and place. These days my own children enjoy our trips of treasure hunting together. Surprisingly enough, they have yet to have the urge to hide on the back seat floor. My grandmother was a Hungarian woman who grew up during the time where Hungary's post-war economy was still at its low. She, however, came to America with class. She lived a life of luxury, but learned to do so within her means. I remember walking to the store with my grandma every single day. We rode the bus to downtown to see operas and ballets. She would dress me in the most beautiful dresses and little fur coats. We'd stop and buy chocolate and meats at Cleveland's West Side Market. It was so easy to hide behind these lavish things and pretend life was okay. In the end, she made sacrifices to live this way to have some sort of normalcy. I came to learn that she secretly suffered years of crippling abuse at the hands of her then-husband. Later, she endured, for, endured further abuse from her own son, my father, as he battled his growing addictions. He took great advantage of her, forcing her to become an enabler and continue to hide behind the facade. I think that a lot of my strength comes from her. Both my mother and grandmother taught me so many things. Most importantly, they taught me that there's more value to be found in experiencing life than in material things. Now comes the hard part. Just after the turn of the new year 2016, I was a victim of a series of domestic violence and sexual assault incidents that would result in years of trials, lawyers, tears, and even more abuse. 
I'm still actively dealing with court proceedings against my abuser to this day. In the beginning of this struggle, however, I was also experiencing the desperation of trying to find my brother RJ. He'd been missing for three weeks on a relapse. You see, my baby brother was also addicted. In the summer of 2016, as I sat on the witness stand to testify against my abuser, I stared out the courtroom window, choking back tears. I was tragically dying inside, silently mourning. The search had come to an end. Not even the judge would know that my baby brother had died mere days earlier of a fentanyl overdose. He was only 25. Over the next two years, I struggled with depression and anxiety, unable to hold a job or properly maintain my household. I sold so many of my own belongings just to get by. I eventually began collecting things again to sell at the flea markets. By the end of that summer, I'd run out of storefront at the corner of my street to try my hand at owning a vintage shop. The overhead eventually drained my resources to the point of my having to take out student loans just to get by. I closed the shop and went back to my roots, peddling my wares at local markets and occupying vendor spaces in local shops. Eventually, I began dating again, and then I met my best friend. He was a homeless addict living on the street. We met while my brother was still alive. I set about helping him to find housing and work, but still he relapsed and ended up in jail. I stood by his side as a friend and supported him in his journey to find sobriety once again. Having an addict for a brother had taught me that addicts are simply hurt, hurting human beings who need help, not continual punishment. I cared about this man. I wanted him to be successful, but most of all, I wanted him to be happy. To see him light up when his world was so full of darkness made me so happy. He'd been there for me when I was going through my abusive relationship. He'd been there for me through the loss of my brother. He helped me understand, cope, and grieve. After all we'd been through by each other's side, it only made sense to want to marry my best friend. We got engaged. Then came that wretched day. The day he admitted to me that he had relapsed, taking our rent money on his way out. That was the last day. That was the day when the last of my strength was taken from me. That was the day that I too relapsed, but with self-harm. I set about to consuming excess amounts of my prescriptions and guzzled down two whole bottles of wine. I then went on about the business of cutting myself extensively, deeply, and down both of my arms and thighs. My nephew found me on my living room floor and called EMS. I was admitted to a psychiatric hospital on a 72-hour hold. Upon my release, my father moved in to help me get back on my feet. As mentioned before, my father has been an addict my entire life and then some. I'm now in my 30s, so you can only imagine the severity of his addiction by this point. During that summer, my dad seemed to be helping. He helped with the upkeep of the house. He cooked. He chipped in on bills and spent time with my kids. Then, just like always, he slowly began to decline. His drinking increased. He spent less time with us and more time in the basement. The day that I was due to stand in eviction court, I found his crack pipes. I confronted him. 
He assaulted me. I couldn't even report the assault until much later that day. It was another day in court with the case against the other abuser. When I got back home, I found the house in shambles. It had, I had been robbed and my beautiful home that I was losing to eviction had been vandalized. I did lose that home. The only home my kids had known, I was forced to start completely over. My father's still in jail for what he did to me, and so is my ex. I'm still struggling to survive. I'm barely surviving, but I am surviving. What choice do I have? I now cling to my art in effort to make sense of it all. Art has always been a part of me in many forms. Music, painting, building, creating, recreating. Art's the only thing that's consistently made sense in my life. Art is the only thing that brings peace and calm to my soul. Art is proof that something beautiful can come from something of a disaster. I'm forcing myself to create new art, to make new music, to make new connections and new healthier relationships. Making money is the biggest struggle, but I must survive. I must keep making moves. I don't have to be moving in one direction, but I won't allow myself to go backwards. And I absolutely will not stand still. Rebuilding her life and maintaining her new normal is uh, a daily struggle for my dear friend. But her perseverance and determination to never go backward uh, drives her to continue fighting for the life that she endured so much to live. I'd like to thank you, girlfriend. You know who you are. That was so brave. You know what? If you have a story and uh, you're afraid to be the one to tell it, write to me. Tell me your story. Pick up the phone. Call me. Let's talk. I want to get to know you. I want to hear what you have to say. Everyone has a story. Every story is valid. Look at my friend. How brave is that? She didn't want to put it out there on her own thing. She didn't want it to be seen as being connected to her. I mean, some people might be able to connect the dots, and that's fine. But uh, that takes a lot of bravery. A lot of bravery. And so I want to encourage you to, to talk to me. Tell me your story. Um, and I will gladly, gladly tell it for you. Um, if it's something that scares you. You know, a lot of us want to tell our story. We want somebody to hear it. But uh, some of us don't have the courage. We're afraid to put ourselves out there. So... You know, if that's you and, and you have something you want to say, but you don't want your voice and your name attached to it, uh, but you just have something to say, I'll gladly speak for you. 
Um, I love reading poetry and prose um, and essays and uh, short fictions uh, out loud. Um, so if you have work that you'd like to have spoken, um, I'll gladly put it on my podcast for free. Uh, we don't have to tell anybody who you are. You don't even have to tell me who you are. Just tell me your story. Uh, if you want to write in your story, you know, make a fake, make an email, uh, you know, that can just get an email to me. So, yeah, I just like to challenge you to do that. You know, take a step outside yourself for a minute. Um, you know, maybe you wrote something back in the day and you want to, you know, you want to scan it and email it over to me or, um, you know, maybe you have uh, something written on your computer and you thought about, you know, hey, maybe I could put this in a book of poetry. I mean, I'd love to hear from all of you poets. Um, you know, send me your work. You know, I'd like to put something together. Uh, you guys can see, obviously, what it is I do here. Um, and, uh, you know, I want to hear your story. I want to help you share your story. I want to help you step out of the shadows because the more of us that are seen in the light, uh, the more that we insist on being recognized, I guess is the word. The more we insist on being recognized um, as having some validity, we all need validation. And... Uh, you know, the more of us that stand in the light, the more people see that, you know what, we are valid, we are valuable, we are full of value, valuable, value-able, we are able to add value. <coughs> I like that, we are able to add value, valuable, able to add value. That's cool. So you are able to add value to this world, okay? You're able to add value to my podcast, <laughs> okay? We can add value to the world by creating a book together, you know? Um, I just think it would be good, don't you? <laughs> <laughs>